Welcome to this week's podcast from the Eucliping Church. We hope you enjoy this message. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What an honor it is to be with you today. We honor Pastor Jacob and Anna, their beautiful family. Thank you for being the voice in our life that is is God-ordained. We thank you for that. We receive uh, your gift into our lives. And I know that this is a house that is not foreign to... um, the moving of God. I know that this house is accustomed to um, the Holy Spirit moving, and He is in this room today. And so I want to uh, preach for. It was reg- it was just going to be about thirty minutes, but the coffee has kicked in, and I feel a couple of hours coming on. <laughs> I just I can't I can't help but just feel about about. 120 minutes. Hallelujah. Glory. What a beautiful worship center this is. I pulled up on the grounds and I knew that I had a word from the Lord for you. This space, this uh, this area is is blessed of God. And I know that God wants to do some great things in this house in this ministry and i'm excited to see what he has in store now along with doing older music uh i'm you know uh, i was watching our service back home for a few moments there an hour earlier on facebook live but how many of you remember myspace yeah raise your hand if you're not ashamed to say oh i had a myspace account my watch is telling me to breathe. What is that about? <laughs> it usually tells you to stand up, right? Now it's saying start preaching, so I better get busy. <laughs> like I thought I was breathing. Yeah, back in the day, MySpace. So that's the title. I don't know if you put up graphics and stuff you probably I don't know but my message today is called MySpace MySpace I'll I'll tie it all in in a few minutes Luke chapter 8 we're going to read a very familiar passage of scripture Luke chapter 8 I'm not here to sermonize or uh, you know oratorically impress you I want to convey a thought drop it in your spirit and see what God has to do wants to do in your life it's a simple story very familiar passage beginning in verse 26 Luke chapter 8 verse 26 they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes which is opposite Galilee now we're going to read uh, about 14 verses because I, I want you to really get this story down. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out fell down before him, 
And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty chaotic situation we're reading about here. So Jesus just cuts right through the chase. He, he asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they, they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Now we're down to verse 34. When those who fed them saw what happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. What a miracle. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadarenes asked him to depart from them. For they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Can you say amen? Come on, shout out amen to the reading of God's word. This thing can preach about a half a dozen different ways. We've, we've preached this thing for years. This is a... A, a very familiar passage of scripture and I just want to tell you what a joy it is to have the opportunity to share the word of the Lord with you this morning you know the Bible is an interesting book and it's full of interesting characters from Old Testament to New more times than not when you read in the Old Testament there were lots of bloody fights there were battles, there were people who were scarred, skewered, everything else. And most of the time, they were fighting over territory. Somebody say, MySpace. That's the title of today's message. Don't give your space over to the enemy. Your territory is your space. Somebody shout out, MySpace. See, it's possible you may have territory that you don't even realize you, you have. As we go into Luke chapter 8, verses 
33 through 39, we witnessed this major fight. Yes, it is. It's a fight. Life is a fight. And life is a fight for territory. Somebody say, I'm holding on to my space. I want you to get it. Say, I'm holding on to my space. There are a few simple points today that I want to bring out in this text that I believe are relevant to the equipping church. And before I do, let me put this text in the most simplistic form for those who may not be familiar with the text. Jesus has just gotten off of a very turbulent cruise. And he reached his destination. He stepped off of that boat out onto dry land in a place that's called Gadara, where the Gadarenes lived. And Gadara is part of ten provinces that were so similarly suited that Jesus purposefully goes into them to effect change. And so the moment he steps off of the boat, this wild, hairy, gnarly, grotesque figure comes charging toward him. He gets close to Jesus and he falls down at his feet and he begins to worship him. Now that will preach. I'm just going to slide right over that. That's, that's better suited for a worship conference. <laughs> He, he, he bows at his feet and starts worshiping him. He's worshiping at the feet of Jesus. And then the next thing he says, he says to us, Jesus, don't torment me. I adore you. I, I, I love you. I adore you. Don't torment me. Don't attack me. And imagine being one of the disciples. Imagine what's going through old Peter's head right about now. You're watching this happen, and the guy is doing the right thing. He's worshiping. But there's something wrong with the worship. And as he worships Jesus, a conversation goes on between them on a different dimension from what the disciples could see. For example, he calls Jesus Son of God. Now, at that time, most of his disciples did not even know who they were with. And this demon-possessed man calls him son of God. They weren't even, uh, uh, th these devils were not even at the virgin birth, and they were not there in the Jordan River when he was baptized. They, they had seen him as a teacher and a rabbi, and a master, but this guy runs over and falls down and starts worshiping him and calls him the Son of God. Now, Jesus begins to minister. Well, not really minister. He begins to negotiate, if you please. And in his grace, he negotiates with these spirits who say, if we must leave the man, just don't make us leave the territory. And, and the story goes, we just read it. Jesus cast the demons out, who were, who were, by the way, called legion, out of the man into a herd of swine, and the swine run down the hill into the lake, and they drown. 
And all the herdsmen are shocked because they've never seen anything like this before. They run into the city to tell the city folks what has happened. And the city was pretty upset because Jesus has come to town and wrecked their economy. Leave my pigs alone, Jesus. I don't want to hear no story of a miracle. We would rather have the man full of demons and have our money and have our pigs and have our economy. So they, they came out to get on Jesus' case. Now, think about this for a moment. If there hadn't been demons, there wouldn't have been a miracle. And if there hadn't been a miracle, there wouldn't have been a revival. The city comes out to see Jesus because of the demon. Now, I came to the equipping church to tell you individually and collectively, whatever attack you may be under, you are under attack for a reason. Remember, Jesus himself had to go through a storm to even get to this man. This man is significant. One guy, one hairy, stinky, smelly, gnarled up, demoniac guy. And Jesus went through a storm to get to him. Yo, I could preach that. I'm going to keep going for a moment because I, I got a little, little few more things. He goes through a storm. That's why he got on the boat in the first place to reach the other side. He said, let me expand the territory, boys. There's always a method to his madness. See, whenever you, I'm, I'm getting ready to preach now. Whenever you're ready to expand your territory, you expect a demon to show up somewhere. Are you hearing me today? As long as you stay over there, as long as you hang out over here, everything's going to be all right. But the moment you try to break away from where you came from and take new territory, that's when all hell's going to break loose in your life. He, he's fighting about territory. I cannot tell you how, how embarrassing long I have taught and preached this text, and I never saw the point. I never saw the point. I didn't see the point for the pain. I saw the pain, but I didn't see the point. I want to preach to some folks today that know about pain. The pain of this man that could not be contained. The pain of this man that could not be stopped. The pain of this man that had no life. He had no future. He hated himself. He cut himself, the Bible said. In the tombs of pain of this man, the self-annihilation of this man, his tendency was to attack his own future and prosperity because of pain. And I couldn't see anything but his pain. And because of the pain, I didn't see the point. Because you know, when pain gets strong, you can't think straight. You can't reason. Do you ever pass a kidney stone? Yeah. Men, have y'all ever passed? I gave birth to three of them. I know how it is. I know, ladies, I know what pain is. I joke with my wife all the time. You remember that night I was laying in the floor of the ER? There were about 50 people ahead of me, and I thought, well, I'm just going to die right here. I'm in so much pain. 
I thought, I'll never make, I'll never get through 50 people. This thing, it'll be Thursday. This was a Saturday night. I had church the next day. It'll be Thursday or Friday before they call my name. I was in so much pain. I just laid there in fetal position over in the floor, and I said, I'm going to throw up. Pain. I'd never experienced physical pain like that. I didn't know pain could make you nauseous. I didn't know pain would take you out of your head and make you do and say crazy things. You see, and they took me right back. They put me in front of 50 people. I said, babe, what happened? How, did you talk to, your, she's a nurse, did you talk to your boss or somebody? She goes, no, I didn't say anything when you said you're about to throw up. Nobody wants to clean that up. <laughs> so there, uh, you, you got your money's worth right there. <laughs> Just say, oh, I'm going to throw up. You see, when pain gets strong, you can't figure things out, can you? Sometimes we're so engrossed with pain that we don't get the point. You can have pain so bad that it makes your blood pressure rise. You can have pain so bad that you lose your appetite. You can have pain so bad that you stop eating, you stop talking, you, you stop believing, you stop smiling, you don't have your personality because your pain is stopping you from being who you are and who you're called to be. If you take a, a, a minute and look at your life, Every time you're about to step into new territory, all hell breaks loose and sends a storm to stop you from getting there. And the storm doesn't seem really connected to your goal, but it has a strategic attack. I'm going to go a little deeper with this. I would go far enough to say in this room that the enemy knew who you were going to be before you even got here. And he did some things early in the game. Sometimes 20, 30, 40 years before you reach your destination, he tried to mess you up so that you wouldn't be prepared to be who God has called you to be. See, the storm always occurs before you get the territory to stop you from getting there in the first place. That's why the storm, that's why, that's why we go through storms. I bet you there's some people in this house today who almost died in the crib who almost died as a baby. I bet there's some folks in here who almost died in the first couple years of your life. I guarantee you there's some people in this room who have been abused, molested, ostracized early in life, long before anybody got a chance to ever see who you're going to be. The storm. Somebody say the storm. The storm started before the boat landed. <laughs> if Jesus hadn't have rebuked the storm he would have never made it to the gadarenes he had to rebuke the storm to make it over to the other side and then i, I didn't recognize that gadara is inhabited by gentiles why didn't i know that why didn't i have the sense to know that in that era no traditional orthodox jew would ever be raising pigs <laughs> By the way, the bacon was delicious this morning. I don't mean to I don't mean to rat you out or anything, but we bless that stuff in Jesus' name. We put some hot sauce on it. So so I'm thinking Gadara, Gadara, pigs, bacon, you know. And now when I hear Jesus let us pass over to the other side, I'm not for certain whether he's talking about geography or nationality. 
He's crossing more than regions. He's crossing cultures. See, anytime you start crossing cultures, all hell will break out because the one thing the devil hates is for all types of cultures to bow down at the name of Jesus. When church begins to grow, when revival hits and different cultures begin to come into the church, the devils will start fighting. They don't want to see that. See, these demons didn't care anything about that man. When Jesus came along, the demons didn't worry about leaving the man. They just didn't want to leave the territory. Are you with me? You still with me? The devil is not interested in you. He's interested in your territory. We need, to, we need to figure that thing out. He's interested in your region. He's after your turf. He's after your stuff. It ain't about you. Look at somebody and say, it ain't about me. And we've lived our whole life thinking, oh, the devil just, he hates me. Oh, my, it's all, he's all under, I'm under attack. He's on me all the time. And No, it's about your territory. There's something that you have that he wants and he doesn't care about you. He says, I can use her. He says, I can even use a pig. I can use a dog. I can use her sister. I can use his brother. I can use somebody close to them. In fact, demons have been known to jump from place to place and from house to house. That's why it's never good to have your spirit open even in a funeral. Because when the devil gets through with one, with one person, you see, don't, don't be distracted by what he's doing to you. He's not after you. He's after your territory. Say, he's after my territory. He's not after you. Your influence is what he's after. What you're doing, what you're trying to achieve, he's not after you, he's after your territory. So let's stop taking the fight personal. The fight is not personal. It's not even about you. It is so strong. Look at the storms that have proceeded in your life. Look, look back. When you didn't even know who you were, storms were breaking out in your life. Challenges, people, setbacks. You had no idea. Storms are, see, are things that happen beyond your control and you become victimized by a storm that's out of your reach. Go back into your life for a moment and look at the things that happened that you couldn't control before you even got to where you are now. He knew you were going to become something. He knew, he knew, he knew the purpose you had in your life. He knew the, the calling. You see, the devil is scared. He's scared to death of you or he wouldn't fight you like he does. He doesn't fight you because you're weak. He fights you because he knows you've got potential. See, you don't, you don't pull out big supernatural warfare to fight somebody that's not a threat. Am I helping anybody today? If he weren't threatened by you, why would he start a storm way over there? <laughs> see, we never, we never see this anywhere else in the text. He's afraid of what you're going to become. Oh, I'll preach to myself if I have to. He's afraid 
of what I'm going to become. So he says, I better start early before she grows up, before they learn scripture, young people. I better start before they get washed in the blood. I better start before he gets up in the anointing, before he gets himself together. So I'm going to catch him when he's four or when he's eight or when he's 11 years old. I'm going to catch him early. I'm going to start a storm to stop him from becoming who God created him to be. And then Jesus has come through the storm to perform the miracle. Now, what are the storms? I'm going to ask the million-dollar question today. What are the storms that Jesus has to come through to get to you? What are the walls and the barriers that you have built up either consciously or unconsciously that Jesus has to come through to get to you? But you see... The good thing about it is this. Jesus woke up and rebuked the storm. He, wo- he was asleep. He woke up and rebuked. He said, what? Three words. Peace, be still. And the winds and the waves were slain. Boom. No more. He lands, steps out on land, and the second level of attack occurs. <laughs> There's always going to be an attack. But it's not about you. It's about the territory. Now, the enemy, we see the enemy runs out and falls down before him. This is really a weird passage of Scripture. That's, that's, now, I know some saints that can't worship. I know, some, I know some saved people that have never learned how to worship. I couldn't stop you from getting here, so let's make a deal, the devil says. I, I want to negotiate. I, I've enjoyed attacking this man. I've messed him up so bad that he can't live with nobody. He can't stay with nobody. He can't even live with himself. I, I brought him down so low that he ended up all alone, and all he does night and day is just cut himself in the tombs. He enjoys abusing himself. He enjoys attacking himself. I've enjoyed watching this man eat himself up and say why he couldn't be I've enjoyed listening to him say what he can't do and what he couldn't have and what he can't enjoy see I'm talking about for a moment now I'm talking about self-inflicted wounds the things we do to ourselves the things we say when nobody's around we say it to ourselves and it stops us from doing what we do do you do you think you got that mentality all by yourself? You, you think you just came up with that? See, there's a spirit using that to attack you so that you... See, even when, when we got away from, from our haters, we were back in the tomb cutting ourselves. I'm preaching to somebody today. He, he says, Jesus, I've enjoyed doing all that to this man. I've enjoyed convincing you that you're nothing. I've enjoyed telling you that you'll never be anything. That you came from nothing and you'll never get out. I enjoy that. I enjoy telling you that you'll never be loved. That you'll never find happiness. You'll never be blessed. I love telling this man that he'll never be free. That you'll never get yourself together. You'll never be nothing. Devils love attacking God's children. He, they love attacking everybody. But 
The man was not the point. I got I got to hammer that home. The man was not the point. You got to hear this because he was not the point. It was all about the territory. It was Gadara. It was the region. Don't come over here, Jesus. Don't come over here on my territory. This man had so much demoniac influence on him that we don't really know the name of the demon because it wasn't just one. It was so many that they were called legion. See, legions are regimented, augmented. They're gathered together in force. Legions are united to destroy and uproot whatever they can. Legions are organized. It's organization, it's structure, it's order. Legion. See, you don't use legions when you're talking about, well, we just over here hanging out, having coffee. There's just a couple of us over here. We're, we've been sent to this region to just, we're just going, we're not going to do much. We're just going to hang. No, you don't use legions. Legions are trained, skilled soldiers that are marching at the same time. You see, what you're fighting against in life is not chaotic incidents. It's a strategic task force that has been sent against you. It's strategy working in motion. The one thing you've got to understand about Satan is that Satan is organized. Even though he'll strike you with a spirit of disorganization, he's always organized. You don't call a group of men legion unless they're organized. In fact, Jesus said that Satan was so organized that he couldn't be casting out devils by the power of a devil because a house divided against itself shall not stand. <laughs> See, what I'm trying to get you to understand is, is that these aren't raw incidents that are happening to you in life. This is a marching legion of enemies that are coming against you to bring you down. And the strategy is all about territory. It's all about territory. What, you, what do you have today that the devil knew you had early enough to start a storm before you even got started? What is it you have on the inside? What is it that he saw in you that he started way back when to try to destroy you? And it was intense enough to leave you in the tombs cutting yourself. And you think it's about you? It's about your territory. It's about your shall be. That's what it's about. It's about your destiny. Are you hearing this preacher from Florida today? It's about your purpose. It's about your calling. It's about your legacy. It's about your territory. The purpose of God on your life. Can you say amen? Now, it's about all the people you're going to influence. These young people look great on this front row. You're, you're revival makers. This is the place for you. There's something God has in store for you. It's about the people you're going to touch. It's about the people you're going to bless. About the people that you're going to heal and help be delivered. It's about the areas, the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ. It's about you finishing your degree. It's about you being happy in life. It's about you going to school. It's about the position that you're not even applied for yet. That's why he fights you. You haven't even got to the place that you're going to get yet. 
that the devil's got more faith than you do. You ever, you ever, you ever thunk on that? He's got more faith in you than you do. He, he believed in you when you didn't believe in yourself. He must believe in you or he wouldn't have sent legions to stop you from getting where you're going. And that's why it's time for you to stop cutting yourself and stand up and be who God called you to be. You will never reach your destiny locked up in this tomb. You'll never reach your purpose cutting on yourself. You'll never become who God called you to be living with dead folks. I could preach just for a minute. I don't want to get in trouble. But if you're dead, I ain't got time for you. I don't care what denomination you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what, how much money you got. If there's no fire in your church, I can't hang out with you. Well, you can come preach. Just don't preach a, a lot of Jesus. I won't be there at all. Well, you can come sing. Just don't sing about the blood. Well, I'll just go sing. I'd rather sing at a honky-tonk than in a church that, that I can't sing about the blood. Well, if you speak in tongues, just make, or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Just, just be careful while you're up there. No, 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 no. If you're dead, there's nothing going on. Somebody needs to just, just determine, I'm coming out of this. Why don't you shout it? I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of my cave. I'm coming out of this cave any way that I can. I'm coming out of the cave with the devil on my back. But honey, I'm still coming out of this cave. I'm going to go get to Jesus if I have to come depressed. I'm going to come to Jesus if I have to have all my meds with me. But he's going to take care of everything. I'm going to get to Jesus if I have to come oppressed. If I have to come possessed, I'm coming to Jesus. Ain't nobody going to stop me. You know, when people get in my way, I'm just quick to say, get out of my way. Look at somebody down your row and just say, get out of my way. Get out of my way. You know, can I, can I, can I pastor for a moment? You know who your, big, your biggest haters and obstacles will be? Your family. Sometimes it's family. Why are you going to church all the time? Why are you going down there? Pastor, what's so special about Pastor Jacob? What's so awesome about the equipping church? Your family. But sometimes you just got to say, get out of my way. I don't know if you talk to the hand because the ears aren't listening. Whatever you got to tell them. I ain't listening to you. I ain't got time for this. Get out of my way. Now, have you noticed, I, I, I sense this everywhere I go, the last five or six months, churches have been going into a deeper realm of worship, going into worship so strong that they can't control it. There's a move of God, the moving of the Spirit. Think about this. Don't you know that God would not send the Spirit of worship and anointing if He was not going to liberate somebody in that place? He wouldn't send, he'd send it over to Denny's before he would send it to a church that he's not going to liberate somebody. So when you're in the battle, I just dare you to start worshiping. I just dare you start putting a praise on your lips. You see, Satan didn't mind that you come to church. He doesn't care if you come to church and sit on a pew looking like a peacock with your legs crossed, sitting out there watching me like you're at the movies or something. 
Some church folks, all they need is a bag of popcorn and an icy Coke. Because they don't participate, they just spectate. Oh, I know, not this church, the other churches. You see, as long as... Oh, you better sing us a happy song. I ain't got to sing you nothing. I have an audience of one. You're just here. I'm singing to him. Well, you better preach a good one, preacher, because that church we visited two weeks ago, that guy, he was 22 minutes, and we were out of there, and he was pretty awesome. And he wore a tie and a jacket. You better, no, I don't have to preach a winner. The Word of God is the Word of God whether I preach or not. I better move on. <sighs> no, I really do. <laughs> See, as long as, as you're just a spectator, the devil's all right with that. He's all right. But the moment you start lifting your hands, your family go, what are you doing? You're, you're not even saved. Dude, what are you doing? You say, I don't know. I just, I, I sense Jesus is here and I just, I want to worship him. The moment you start doing that and you start worshiping, all hell will break loose in your mind and in your life because the devil knows he's about to lose territory. Somebody ought to give God some praise right now. I, I, I want to close. I'm going to stop right there, but, but don't get it twisted. It's all about your territory. It's about your destiny. It's about your shall be. It's about your space. Somebody say my space. It's my space, devil. You can't have it. I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to determine today that you're going to hold ground. That having done all, stand. Don't you dare give away just because you're facing tough times. We're all facing challenging times. And the storm has come so we would receive the miracle. It's not to do us in. It's not to knock us out. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You see, a fight for the territory is God's way of encouraging you that it's your land. It's your promise. It's your stuff. It's your promise. It's your purpose. Just hold on to it. Will you take somebody by the hand right now? Every head bowed, every eye closed before I turn this service over to your wonderful pastor. I pray, Father, the word has registered in our hearts. I know there's a battle going on. I know there are people in pain. And I know that you see potential and promise. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, come in this room and do a great work. May you be glorified in the name of Jesus. Be glorified. May you receive all glory and all honor. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I pray, Lord, you do a great work in this house right now. In the name of Jesus. If you're in this room this morning and you've never made a decision to follow Christ. Following Christ isn't about getting to heaven. It's about becoming like Him on earth. Heaven's just one of those benefits. Because you've got a long time before you get there. 
So it's in the in-between where we follow Him and He makes us like Him. If you've never chosen to follow Him this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you, you made that decision years ago and you're far away from Him. been preaching for the last five weeks on the prodigal son and He wants to give you a robe of righteousness and He wants to put a ring of authority and give you shoes of sonship this morning. If that's you. You've never made that decision this morning. And you want to make that decision. You want to rededicate or dedicate your life for the first time. I want you to slip up your hand. Maybe you're watching by the live stream this morning and you've never made a decision or you want to recommit that decision this morning. In just a second, as a church, we're going to pray a prayer. The prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. He rescues you from your sin. Ephesians 2 says He's a God so rich in mercy. He was so rich, He sent Jesus to the cross to rescue you and to ransom you. To not just put you in heaven, but to bring heaven into you. So this morning, if that's you, I want you to signify by raising your hand. And in just a second, we're going to pray. Church, I want you to pray this with me so those around you who are making that decision don't feel alone in it. We're the body of Christ. We need to first confess. Say, Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. That I've fallen short. Today, I repent. I first say I'm sorry. But today I choose to receive the mind of Christ. To turn from wickedness and fully pursue you. To give you lordship over my life. Fill me today with your Holy Spirit. That I might walk as a son of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or visit www.equippingchurch.us.